0: A reading this morning comes from Kathleen Montgomery. It's entitled, Coming Home. She writes, I invented Unitarian Universalism all by myself. I know numerous other people who have done this as well. I did it on buses traveling in Detroit. I was 17 or so a working-class Irish Catholic living with my parents and attending a Jesuit college about 10 miles away. The Jesuits would have been astonished, I suppose, to learn that this was what they had fashioned, a teenager trying to figure out what religion was and could be and whether it was even possible to be both religious and honest, much less an actual member of an actual church. I thought not each day that bus went within a half mile or so of a unitarian church but i didn't know that and if i had known it wouldn't have meant a thing a decade later in another city long after i had left the church i stumbled on a passage in a book that described unitarian universalism i was astonished This thing I had invented actually existed. A richer version than mine, a version with a religious, intellectual, and cultural tradition I couldn't have imagined, but still identifiably mine. And then there was the experience so many of us have had of coming home. Of showing up in this church and finding comfort and challenge, and people who insisted that I grow, of finding ideas that thrilled and scared me because they demanded so much, of finding a community of scrappy, smart, satisfying people who cared passionately about the church, about Unitarian Universalism, and about leaving the planet a better place. People who believe that they need one another for religious and social reasons and for the work of making justice. The words of Kathleen Montgomery. So i want to begin my sermon this morning with a story. It's a story that comes from the Sufi Muslim tradition and it's called Journey of the birds all the birds in the land decided that they needed to make their community stronger they thought a leader would be the way to do that and so representatives of all the bird species gathered together and the robin said a leader will tell us the right things to do And the owl said, our leader must be wise. The sparrow said, a leader must believe all of us are important, no matter how large or small. The dove said, I want the leader to be a caring friend. The jay said, the leader must help us learn to get along better. And the hawk said. The leader must make us feel safe. The hoopoe bird, I'm sorry, the hoopoe bird knew just where they could find such a leader, such a bird. Now, the hoopoe, does anybody know what a hoopoe bird is? Well, the hoopoe bird, and I hadn't heard of one before either, is a colorful african bird that has a crown of feathers kind of like a mohawk almost very unusual so the hubo bird knew she said where such a leader could be found she said it is the samorg which lives far from here and so the birds took a vote don't forget to vote You knew I wasn't going to let that get away today, right? So the birds took a vote, and they unanimously decided that they would go to seek the Samorg. So they flew off following the Hoopoe. They flew for many days and many nights. Some of them got tired, and they decided to leave the group. Others became skeptical about whether this Samorg bird really existed, some were afraid. As they continued their journey, the strong flyers helped the weaker ones. Those with good vision helped find food for everyone. They learned along the way how to respect each other and how to share with one another. Each bird had something special and unique to offer on this extraordinary journey they were taking. At last, the hoopoe announced, we're here. And the birds searched around them, eagerly, looking for the smorg. And they couldn't see it. The hoopoe called them all over. And the other birds looked again in anticipation, expecting to see the smorgue. Where is the smorgue, they wanted to know. We don't see it, they cried. Come, said the hoopoe, it's over here. And as the birds gathered beside the hoopoe, they realized they were on the edge of a lake. And they looked into the lake. They looked into that lake, and they saw their reflections. And then they understood. The Samorg was not another bird at all. The samorg was all of them. They remembered then, looking at their reflection, that each of them had gifts to bring to the community. They knew that they needed one another to make and keep their bird community strong and so it is that this community our community is made strong we each have something beautiful and special to bring to our shared spiritual journey as you could see from our membership celebration this morning there are a lot of collective years of bringing those gifts to this congregation the gifts of Caring, singing, justice-seeking, teaching, visioning, listening, and sharing have helped to make this spiritual home strong. Helped to build it and rebuild it and renew it over many years. More than 50 years for some among us. And more than 2,200 years collectively. Isn't that astonishing? It was Mike Mannix's little piece of genius to add up all those collective (laughs) years. This is where it is good to be a team, to have a membership committee chaired by someone with special and wise gifts. Of course there were many, many other individuals who came before us who also contributed to this community. If we gathered up all of those years, wow, you know, maybe that's something Mike will take on later. <laughs> See how many years that might be. There are some who never officially joined this congregation, but who have been long supporters and contributors in so many ways. All have helped members and friends to grow this congregation, to grow its heart, and to make that heart beat. Steadily. Starhawk, in those words for our chalice lighting this morning, reminds us that we long for circles of community like this one. We long to find places where we can speak out, be held, be inspired, celebrate, heal, and make friends. She says we have a longing to come home to places. Where there are people to whom we can speak with passion without having the words catch in our throats a circle of hands to receive us voices that will celebrate with us whenever we come into our own power strength that will join us to do the work that needs to be done somewhere there is such a circle of healing, a circle of friends. This is such a circle, and to find such a circle of kinship is a powerful and holy experience. To gaze into that lake and see our reflection reminds us of just how important our members are, how important we are. It reminds us that what we do together matters and that we are indeed blessed to be with one another. Right now at this time in the world, it is indeed good for us to be reminded of our collective strength as a congregation. This gathered community is worth celebrating. It is not something to be taken for granted. The reality is that religious affiliation is on the decline Sure, some of you have read about this. Fewer and fewer adults in the United States are regularly attending religious services. The percentage of Americans who say they seldom or never attend religious services has increased from 27% in 2007 to 30% in 2014, and the numbers continue to grow. 30% of Americans do not attend religious services. A recent Pew Research Center survey explored why that is, why people go, and why they don't. What they found is that those who don't attend had a variety of reasons for not being part of a community. On the whole, it wasn't so much that they reject spirituality, But many said that they practice their faith in other ways. Some said they haven't found a spiritual community. How sad is that? Some don't like the sermons. Some don't have the time. Some say that their health is what keeps them away. Some say they don't feel welcome. The individuals most likely to cite, not feeling welcome, are people of color, and that ought to give us pause. The reality is that religion does not always live up to its full potential. Religion has sometimes been part of the problem in our world, in our culture. That includes the failure to be truly welcoming and inclusive. That includes the failure to be a place of belonging for all those who long for a circle of kinship. But religious extremism may be the greatest failure of religion in our time. Extremism has fostered hatred, violence, racism sexism homophobia and transphobia religious extremism does exactly the opposite of what religion is intended to do and be because at its finest religion brings people together creating connections and alleviating suffering religion exists to help make sense of our lives and to solve the problems that plague our society and that plague individuals, problems of division and alienation and brokenness. Reverend Dr. William Barber II describes Americans and the United States as having a heart problem. Barber is a Protestant minister, and he has revived the Poor People's Campaign that Martin Luther King Jr. began. Barber collaborates with interfaith leaders to craft a moral agenda that he says will redeem the heart and soul of our country. Barber says religion needs religion. Religion needs to serve as a defibrillator to shock our hearts back into a steady beat. He says this, he says... We must shock this nation with the power of love. We must shock this nation with the power of mercy. We must shock this nation and fight for justice for all. We can't give up on the heart of our democracy. Not now, not ever. Religious communities have the potential to be circles of care and agents of justice, to be agents of shocking hearts back into love. Religious communities were never meant to be instruments of hatred and vehicles of neglect. They are meant to be sanctuaries where people can bring their heartache and where people can offer their gifts in service to creating a stronger network of care and justice. They are meant to be harbors of inspiration, hope, laughter, gratitude, and beauty. At its core, religion has to do with casting a moral and an ethical vision. Religion, at its core, is about being attentive to the soul aspect of life, the spirit of life. According to Barber, He describes it this way the moral public concerns of faith traditions are how our society treats the poor women LGBTQ people children workers immigrants communities of color and the sick our deepest moral traditions our deepest moral traditions point to the equal protection under the law the desire for peace within and among nations, the dignity of all people and the responsibility to care for our common home. These are not, by the way, right versus left issues. They are not. They are not about Republicans versus Democrats. Although, given the polarization of this country, Seeing it otherwise is certainly a challenge we all face. These are human issues, moral issues, heart issues, religious issues. And it is religion by virtue of its focus that can provide the soul and vision that is most needed. Rabbi Sharon Bruce talks about the need to reclaim religion. She says that religion is needed as a strong force against extremism. She says it can serve as a catalyst for a spiritual and cultural shift toward love, justice, equality, and dignity. And so it is. We need churches and other religious institutions such as ours, that are catalysts for such a spiritual and cultural shift, communities of a liberal, religious spirit. We need synagogues and mosques and sanghas and churches, like ours, to be catalysts for a spiritual shift. And we need to continue to strive to be a truly welcoming spiritual home where people can gather in one strong body, where individuals can reflect on what it means to be human, what is required of us as humans, and then to carry that message and that agenda out into the public square and into daily life. We need each other to create the beloved Community guided by compassion and connection. We need each other so that we can hold each other accountable. We know this. Don't we? We know this. And so we gather. We gather. Again and again. We gather, we regather, we gather. In one strong body we gather, in the mystery and the power we gather as the heart of our church. I hope this morning that you will take time to remember why you are here. What brought you here? Why do you come back? Some of you for more than 50 years. Why do you return again and again and again to this sanctuary, to this faith, to Unitarian Universalism? What brings you back home? When you move to the edge of the lake and you peer into the water, what is it that you see? When I was a young adult, I wandered in a kind of spiritual wilderness. I practiced my faith privately, but I longed for religious community. I just couldn't find one where I felt at home. I couldn't find one that matched my need for intellectual rigor, spiritual practice, engaged worship, passionate, and caring individuals who commit themselves to making the planet a better place for everyone. Where babies could cry in the sanctuary and we would rejoice at being a multi-generational community that loves our children and our youth as well as our elders and everyone in between. I couldn't find a community that didn't insist on telling me that I had to believe or think or pray in a certain way. And then I found Unitarian Universalism, and a whole new world opened up before me. When I peer into that lake, I see the faces of this community, of all of you, of all of us. I see the heart of love. Members are our heart, and that gives me hope. That calls me on. That voice, may it call you on as well. May we be called on together in hope, in faith, in love. May it be so. Amen. Blessed be.
1: Amen. You have all been called on to this space and this place this morning, and it is more people called than I thought we were going to be. So you might have this piece of music at the end of your bench. If you do not, or if there are more people in your bench to share the piece of music than I thought there were going to be, Jason and Megan are coming around to pass out this piece of music, this piece of music that calls forth a great spirit, that spirit we all bring to this room this morning, that spirit that sometimes gets a little dim during the week, that spirit that needs to be filled here. I'm so glad that you've come this morning.
0: Life calls us on. Life calls us on. Love calls us on. Faith calls us on. Hope calls us on. Let us keep the dream of good alive.